The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. What's up, Cleaning Nation? Lindsay B here again with the fabulous Tracy Thompson coming at you. And it is December here. I'm cozy up in the hills. And Tracy is probably a little warm still in Las Vegas, I'm guessing. How's it's, it actually ni- it's actually nice here. It was uh, 30 degrees this morning. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, it was 29 here, so I thought that was cold. I'm wearing a hat inside for, for goodness sake. Um, no, I have hat hair, so if you're on the podcast, you don't get to see my hat hair that I'm hiding. But anyhow, enough about, enough about our hair and the weather. Um, today, we are actually, since it's the end of the year, I thought we'd kind of like regroup and focus on something for 2023. So we are going to cover the top three traps to avoid for business for businesses for cleaning company owners in 2023. So the top three traps that you could fall into as a cleaning business owner that we're gonna focus on avoiding today. So I'm gonna yes. jump right into it and then I'm gonna let Tracy just go because I know she has so much to say. So <laughs> I'll introduce number one. So the first thing we thought of, and we've hit on this on other podcasts, right, is um, avoid being in the owner operator mode of thinking that kind of mindset, which sounds kind of counterintuitive, Tracy. So take it away. What are we talking about here? So obviously when we launch our businesses, we start our businesses, we are squarely in the, the entrepreneurial launch operator mindset. And it's necessary when we first start because you know, the motto of, of the entrepreneur, the motto of the owner operator is if it's going to be, it's going to be me. Right. And, and that it's that, that hard work ethic, roll up your sleeves, do whatever it takes. And it's fantastic when you're first starting the trap of it though, is when you start to really grow or you want to grow and get to a point where you can really scale your business Staying in the owner-operator mindset, that launch mentality, actually becomes the trap. It becomes the detriment. And how does that manifest? Like, let's just talk real time. Like, what does that look like when you're still in the owner-operator mind frame? It's you're involved in everything. You have your hands in all of it. You're out in the field. You're doing the hiring. You're, you're, you know, running from an account to account. You're filling in for people if they call out. They're, you're doing client attraction. You're doing all the sales. Sound familiar? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's owner-operator mind frame. And as long as you're the hub for everything in the business, as an operator, you are never going to be able to scale that. You're never going to be able to really grow beyond what you're personally capable of, how many hours you're willing to put into the business each week. So what's the alternative to you know getting trapped inside the owner-operator? It's moving from owner-operator to shareholder. So what does that mean? If you really, if you think about it, shareholder, a shareholder 
is somebody who obviously has a vested interest in the health and wellness of the business, for sure. But this person is more a designer, more of a director. Um, in this position, in this mindset, you're more looking at the business as systems, as whole systems. You're looking at who is going to do what. You know, you're going to designate um, people. You're going to create systems. You're going to oversee the culture and drive the culture of the business. That's a stakeholder mindset. So the stakeholder doesn't create jobs for him or herself. The stakeholder creates jobs for other people and they delegate outcomes. That is a really big distinction. You know, an operator, um, we've talked about this, Lindsay, like Mm -hmm. an owner operator, for example, thinks they're delegating. Mm -hmm. They think that they're delegating whole, you know, outcomes, but they're really not what they get stuck in and see if inclination, see if this rings true for you. You tell people what to do. Right. You give them a checklist. You, you outline the whole thing and you know, all the steps and you give it to them. And then you wonder why they don't follow it <laughs> or how come they can't just follow directions. It's because you delegated tasks, but you didn't delegate the thinking. Ooh. The tasks. Yeah. Right. Ooh, that is so <laughs> yes. good. That was deep. <laughs> That's true because we we are so conditioned to go, well, but if I don't tell them what to do, they'll just what? Not do anything. Exactly. That's because you've unintentionally and consciously probably trained your people to not think for themselves. They're not really responsible for the outcome. They're only responsible for the tasks. And when that task is done or Let's say, you know, they think it's done, but you come in and go, well, okay, you just sat there and you just stood there. You just left. You you didn't do anything else. You get this syndrome of, I have a bunch of people who are kind of subpar robots. Mm -hmm. And until they, until I reprogram them again, or again and again and again, (laughs) unfortunately, they don't do anything because they're not thinking on their own. So a stakeholder is always going to delegate outcomes to their people. That's why we start um, shifting our thinking from how do I tell everyone what to do to how do I designate people and systems to to implement these outcomes. And it's just a whole shift in the way you're thinking. So, Clay Nation, I want to give you a challenge right now. And really think about your business and how many aspects of your business you're still very in. You're in it. If you went away for a month from your business, just totally like you went, climbed Mount Everest, you had no cell service or whatever, you're you're completely out of pocket. What would happen? Think about your business. What would happen in the business without you? And once you start going, ooh, you know, this would fall apart, that would cease to exist, this would stop, that would have, those are all the areas that right off the bat, like write it down. Mm -hmm. I mean, really be honest with yourself. If you want 2023 to be different, 
Those are all the areas you need to start shifting your thinking from operator to stakeholder. And if you were to delegate those outcomes, what outcomes do you want in each one of those areas? It's a really big shift from just thinking about what needs to be done versus what outcomes you want in those areas. So that's number one. The number one and and just expand a little bit like decide because i always like examples for cleaning nation i think it was either you or maybe mike someone was saying well how does this apply like how do i apply this you know what does that look like and i think one of you mentioned um you know instead of going in there and micromanaging like you got to clean the toilets like this you got to clean the counters mm-hmm. like this you got to do it like with this checklist um think of the outcome of what you want that customer to feel like when they walk in, like, what is that outcome? What is that like when they just walk in the door to the clean space that you've just done and, and feeding you that to your employees instead of like this checklist? I just love that example. I think that's super useful for cleaning nation. Like, you know, yeah. Just, so yeah. for example, you know, is your client surprised and delighted mm-hmm. when they walk through the door? Mm-hmm. Are they walking in and going, wow, this is amazing. I feel like if it's a workspace, I feel like I can just do my job. Everybody here can just do their job in comfort. We don't have to think about anything. It just feels like ease. Like maybe that's the outcome you want to assign, right, to your teams. Like if our clients are coming in and they're feeling that way, then we're obviously doing our job. Mm -hmm. If they're coming in and they're saying, ew, this bathroom is still like I've got a call, I've got to follow up. This isn't done right. There's still garbage there. There's, you know, this hasn't been wiped down. There's still hair on the sink or whatever it is. Like that's not ease, flow, and delight, right? <laughs> Definitely <Whatever>. not. <laughs> right. So, so that's a great example of if you were to go to your team and say, hey, our client walked through the door and this was not their experience. The experience that we, I delegated to you they didn't have that experience when they walked through the door. Here's what they experienced instead. What are you going to do differently next time to make sure they are delighted and feel ease and flow when they walk in? Yeah. Right. That's a good example of a different kind of conversation of going, okay, let's go over the checklist. Did, did this happen? Did that happen? It was like, what got missed? Well, we know that they are already, they complained about this, this, and this, and this didn't made them unhappy. This made them frown, not smile. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, okay. and it's yeah, a simple example, but it's, it's, it really is not as complicated as, and that's why we feel like we have to micromanage mm-hmm. because we're task um, delegating and not outcome delegating. That's so good, Tracy. I got excited because I was like, I like how you asked a question in that in that frame. Like, what are you going to do? You right. you empower. It's it, and it's not just saying, hey, blaming it on someone else. It's, it actually empowers the other the employee to think, right? So they can have these outcomes themselves. So I love that shift. I love that shift. Um, yes. I'm going to take us to number two. Well, two and three, we kind of kind of have a theme that they kind of flow into each other. But number two is don't be in reaction mode. And yeah, so Tracy, what is reaction mode? What does that look like? Um, Especially, I think you mentioned before the recording of employees um, kind of feeding off the number one's example. 
Yeah. So being in reaction mode, all of us have experienced reaction mode. You know, and let me just paint you a scenario. <laughs> Here's a good example. You wake up, everything, the schedule is set, you're staffed up, everything is ready to go. You wake up and you find your phone is blown up. You know, everybody's texting you saying, oh my gosh, you know, uh, this team, so-and-so got the flu and this person's sick and this person just ghosted us. We have three people out today. Mm. Now, the immediate reaction, it's in the word, it's in the, it's in the actual what happens. Your reaction is to immediately jump to fix it mode. Oh, I have to get in there. I have to figure this out. Who do I call? How do I solve this? Mm. And you're in it immediately. And that reaction is, it's not proactive, it's reactive to whatever's happening at that moment. Hey, new friend, love that you are here. If you want more Cleaning Nation, more us, you can check us out on YouTube. Similar content, you just get to see each other. It's totally free. Or if you want to say, hey, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, join our free Facebook group. We love hearing from you, Cleaning Nation. That's what makes it magic. Jump on, we'll see you there. Now, whatever you had planned for the day is out the window. Right. All your big brain owner stakeholder work <laughs> that you had planned gone. Why? Because you're in reaction mode trying to fix this problem that suddenly cropped up. So being in reaction mode really by by definition means that you are not planning anymore. You are not designing. You are not delegating you are in it. You find yourself sucked back in. And so many of the owners we talk to before they come through the program and they learn how to do it differently, say the same thing. Well, I will get out of cleaning or I will get out of scheduling or I will get out of and fill in the blank, whatever it is in the business. <laughs> I will get out of that once, you know, I have, I'm fully staffed. Or once I can finally find somebody who I can delegate this to or that to. It's backwards. Mm. Here's the, the trap about it. Reaction mode will always, will always pull you back in. It's a mindset. It's actually not a circumstance. As mm. much as we think it's the circumstance, it's not. It's, it's how we think about all of our business and our position in it first. So for example, if you said, I am a stakeholder, I own this company, but I am not, I am not going out in the field. I don't do that. That's not what I do as owner stakeholder. I don't do that. I have people for that. I delegate that. I delegate those outcomes. I make sure that I have good people that can do mm -hmm. that. But I just, just for the sake of, you know, this example, if you said, I don't do that, period, then you would immediately think of different solutions. You would have to. So I, I use this example a lot. What if you had a doctor who said, bed rest, you cannot leave the bed. You, nope. 
and no stress and no high pressure situation, what would you do? Mm. You would have to find ways to think like the stakeholder Mm -hmm. and start delegating outcomes and thinking more strategically, planning ahead Mm -hmm. for when these things happen, not if they happen, because by the time they already, by the time they happen, it's too late. This is what I'm saying. If you wait until there are no longer crises happening to get out of reaction mode, you'll always be in reaction Because something's always going to happen, right? Like we don't want to admit that to ourselves, but any business, something always, something always pops up. Stuff happens. (laughs) We'll keep it G-rated. Stuff happens. (laughs) Exactly. So you cannot say, I will not be a reaction in reaction mode when these crises stop. No, nope. because they won't stop. You will always have stuff happen. Mm. So you've got to shift this now. You've got to say to yourself, I will not go out into the field. That won't be. So I, I we have a saying around here. Mm-hmm. It's like, if we have a plan B, it isn't going to be me. <laughs> like, <laughs> your plan B can't be me. So tell yourself, just do this mind experiment right now. If you were forbidden, so somebody put a gun to your head and said, you will not (laughs) be the one, you cannot go out into the field, you cannot fix this, what would you do? And I'm not saying when you're right in the middle of it, it's already too late, you know, you didn't plan. But let's just say they said the next time it happens, you can't do that. So what are you going to do right now to make sure that when people call out, you aren't going to be the one? And think about how your mind shifts immediately. You go, wow, what what could I do? How would that look if it wasn't me? Mm. And it's amazing, Lindsay, how fast just that one mind experiment can be in shifting from reactionary operator, right? Owner operator to shareholder who truly delegates truly creates systems in the business. You just nailed the word I was going to use. You need systems, (laughs) which we've done 800 podcasts on literally. (laughs) It's true. But you know, the funny thing is the mind is the monkey mind is a funny thing. And it will say, oh, but if I just hire enough people, Mm -hmm. then I won't have this problem. But the the fallacy in that is that you're still in reactionary mode when you're saying it. So as you're saying mm -hmm. that, you're still reacting and freaking out about hiring. So you're not really doing all of the hiring things that you need to be doing the way that Mike has taught all of you in so many podcasts about the clean profit method, hiring method. You don't do those things because you're still reacting and you're still in that kind of freak out mode all the time. And so therein lies the irony. So how do you shift? Start with one thing, one area of the business. If you said, if I could just get ahead of this, this one thing, my, it would shift a lot of things in the business. I know from experience, one of them is staffing up, right? Having enough staff hiring up, making sure that you have more than enough. And this is a mindset thing, people, believe it or not. Every time we say to people, how many floaters do you have? And they go, well, none. 
How many people do you have that are part-time, meaning 20 hours or less a week? Well, just one or two, everybody else is full-time. Uh-huh. Mm. So we start seeing this picture of, oh, that's a mindset. And why do I say that? Because if we drill down, they're like, well, but they need enough. They all said that they wouldn't work for me unless I gave them 40 hours a week. Right? Yeah. That's, yeah. Right. But that's a belief. That's a mindset. That's a belief that's not true. But we make it true. And then we reinforce it by saying, see, nobody... They'll quit, they leave, they don't, whatever. And and you're in this vicious cycle constantly of trying to hire full-time people, for example. You don't hire floaters. You don't have enough part-time people. So every time somebody calls out, it's you. It's like you have to have two or three people cover one person's work. Do you see how this is all part of that mm-hmm. mindset, mind frame of getting, of oh, constantly being in reactionary mode versus planning ahead Mm. planning ahead so so number three kind of dovetails right in there on the other end of the spectrum it's a instead of reaction it's still reactionary but it's a little bit of panic i would say attached to it with um getting clients so say you do um have success with your hiring funnel and follow the system that we've laid out several times before then you get all these clients and then you're panicking again. What do we, how do we avoid the trap of panicking, Tracy? Uh, and, and what that looks like in terms of uh, getting clients, and we hear this a lot. We're like, okay, I'm finally staffed up for 25 <laughs> seconds. You know, I'm finally staffed up. Oh my gosh, I have to find enough work for my people and I got to have clients. I got to get, and so we, then we start, you know, really getting into this anxiety mode around client attraction, getting clients. And suddenly that becomes the new crisis <laughs> in the businesses. Uh-oh, I don't have enough. I don't have enough work. I don't have enough work. I don't have enough work. And the, again, the irony in that is, is not whether or not you need more business. We all need and want to grow our business. It's the energy behind it hmm. where we're, we're in that oh, well, I'm going to lose my people, my good cleaners I just hired, if I don't give them, and a lot of this has to do with that whole full-time mentality, like, oh, I don't have enough business for them. As if you're obligated to all of those cleaners, because that's kind of the way you set it up when you hired them, is that you promised them that you were going to have this big, you know, like 40 hour week available Mm. to them instead of hiring a full staff of part-time people who don't expect that and having floaters involved, right? So it takes the pressure down several notches out of panic mode of, I have to go out and get new business because I'm going to lose my cleaners. It's a shift from that to I'm fully staffed with core values matched people. I have floaters who understand that we're in a growth mode. And of course, acquiring new clients is important, but I'm not panicked about it. Everybody has the same understanding on the team about how we're going to grow. Then you take on good quality clients. You don't try to compete on price. You don't just take whatever person happens to be waving a contract at you and you make better 
quality decisions about mm. taking on new clients. And we see this a lot. If your cost of goods sold, your labor costs, right? Cogs, we've all talked about this, is under 50% routinely. It's because you're not trying to, in a panicked mode, really shoot yourself in the foot mm. in terms of your own um cost of goods sold, your gross profit, you're not sacrificing that or worse, just taking a pain in the butt client just because they're, you know, waving their checkbook, right? So it's really the the tide that raises all ships, being ahead Mm -hmm. of the curve, getting in front of instead of behind in the reaction mode, in the panic mode, in the right? This whole um, feeling like, number one, it's all you. That's the Mm -hmm. first thing. Getting out of the owner-operator mode into shareholder, out of reaction mode into planning, and really in the proper dynamic with your people that you are not, you're not there to serve them. I mean, let's face it, a lot of employers right now feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky that anybody wants to work for me. Yeah that they bend over backwards trying to bend all the company rules just to keep them. And the same thing is true with clients. So this is all a shift, everyone, Clean Nation. It's a whole shift in the way that you see the whole business and your role in it. So they all tie together. Oh, Tracy, this is so good. You know, the overall theme too that I'm catching here is taking a step back Mm-hmm. and almost like just taking a breath before we go into 2023 and just kind of reassessing your whole mindset, like in identifying these areas where this might be more of a problem for you with panicking or, or, you know, just feeling like you have to do everything yourself. So I totally, I love this theme going into 2023. So, um, actually we are out of time today, Tracy, we just went in so deep on this one. Um, any closing thoughts before I get us out of here? Absolutely. I was just going to say, I I think what's important here, Lindsay, is a lot of the times the reason we get stuck in reaction mode or in owner operator in the thick of it all the time is because we're in a silo. We tend to, to be in that by ourselves. Even if you have a business partner, you're both in it together, right? And what we have found is when For instance, when people come into our world, into our clean profit method group, as an example, is that they're no longer alone. They're not trying to struggle through this by themselves, just eking it out, muscling it out. It's hard to see ourselves objectively. It's Mm -hmm. always going to be easier when you have great leadership, mentorship, a coach, a community that can help you see more clearly. And my encouragement is if you don't have somebody for yourself, if you don't have a coach or a mentor or somebody who can be objective from the outside looking in, that would be my number one um, goal for you in 2023 is find that, get that for yourself. If it's not us, Mm -hmm. have somebody who could be more objective, help you get that perspective. Mm, 
such good advice to close this out. Well, Cleaning Nation, if if this all sounds good to you and you've been pondering jumping on a call with us for a long time, now is the time to do it. Going into 2023, or if you're listening to this in 2024, get on it. Now is always the time. So just go to growmycleaningcompany.com forward slash talk, and that'll get you on a call with one of our fabulous coaches. And that is it for this episode. Tracy, thank you so much. And um, I'm Lindsay, and we'll catch you next time, Cleaning Nation. Adios. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me. But like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing. Share with a friend. Share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431, 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts, and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now, 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.